From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason DeCanio! Jason Kelly. All right. Look at that group. Thank you very much. Ah, what a group. Ah, they've come out of their shell. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Ah, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much. And welcome to another edition of the Queens New Yorker. It is Tuesday, September 15, 2020. It is just about two weeks to the end of the month here, and in about two weeks I'm going on vacation. But before that, I have more episodes to do here, including today's episode, which is episode 129, as we are continuing our series of Bridges and Tunnels. You hope you enjoyed the four-part series of the Brooklyn Bridge. Now we shift our attention over to the other side where there was another bridge built next to the Brooklyn Bridge. We're talking about the Manhattan Bridge today on the Queens New Yorker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. So I hope you're looking forward to this uh, episode today because this starts the uh, part one. And we might have a part one and a part two, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, hope you enjoyed Saturday's episode as we concluded on the Brooklyn Bridge. So now we go to the Manhattan Bridge in our next of the series of Bridges and Tunnels, and we're ready to go. Uh, remember, of course, all of our information comes from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. So... The Manhattan Bridge was the last of the three suspension spans built across the Lower East River following the Brooklyn and Williamsburg bridges. In the earliest plans, it was to have been called Bridge Number 3, but was given the name Manhattan Bridge in 1902. And when the name was confirmed in 1904, the New York Times criticized it as meaningless, lobbied for one after Brooklyn's Wallabout Bay, and rallied that the span would have geographical and historical significance if it were known as the Wallabout Bridge. In 1905, the Times renewed its campaign, stating all bridges across the East River are Manhattan bridges. When there was only one, it was well enough to call it the Brooklyn Bridge or the East River Bridge. So construction on the foundations for the bridge's towers had commenced by at least 1901, and by 1903, three workers had died while working on the Brooklyn side Towers Cassion. A $10 million grant for the bridge's construction was granted in May of 1904 with the expectation that work on that span would start later that year. A plan for the suspension bridge span was announced in 1903. Elevated and trolley routes would use the Manhattan Bridge and there would be 
large balconies and enormous spaces within the tower's anchorages. However, the Municipal Art Commission raised objections to one of the bridge's plans, which delayed the start of construction for the span. Another set of plans was unveiled in June of 1904 by New York City Bridge Commissioner Gustav Lindenthal. And, but the second plan was also rejected. The dispute revolved around whether I-bars or wild cable cables should be used in the new bridge, and the AMC voted to use wire cables in the bridge in September of 1904. Because of this dispute, the plans for Manhattan Bridge are sometimes mistakenly attributed to Lindenthal. Other delays arose over the proposed placement of the bridge's termini on either side. The first temporary wire between the Manhattan Bridge's two towers was strung in June of 1908, and it was to be replaced later with two sets of permanent, thicker main cables, each 21 inches thick, in pairs on both sides of the bridge's deck. By this time, the construction cost had increased to $22 million. Now, during the stringing of the anchorages, one of the cables on the Brooklyn side broke loose, injuring two people. The last of the suspender ropes suspending the main cables was strung in December of that year, and the cables had been strung in four months. The construction of the bridge span required 30,000 tons of steel. Erection of the superstructure and steel fabrication were contracted to the Phoenix Bridge Company, and the first girder for the new bridge was installed in February of 1909. But by April, the majority of the span had been fitted into place between the main cables. The New York City Rapid Transit Commission recommended the construction of a subway line across the Manhattan Bridge in 1905, and this line was approved in 1907. The New York City Public Service Commission requested permission to start constructing the subway's tracks in March of 1908, and this plan was approved in May. Now, a group of 100 leading citizens of Brooklyn walked over the bridge on December 5th of 1909, marking the unofficial completion of the bridge. The bridge was officially opened by outgoing Mayor George B. McLennan, Jr. on December 31st of 1909. Shortly after opening, a fire on the Brooklyn side of the Manhattan Bridge damaged the structure. So the Manhattan Bridge's design was controversial at the time of its construction and opening. In comparison to the Brooklyn Bridge, the Williamsburg and Manhattan Bridges had been set and been seen as aesthetically unappealing. In 1910, the year after the bridge opened, the architectural firm of Carey and Hastings drew up preliminary plans for an elaborate Greek revival grand entry to the bridge on the Manhattan side as part of the City Beautiful movement, as well as a smaller approach on the Brooklyn side. Now, these approaches would hide the bridge. Construction began that year, and plans were finalized in 1912. <laughs> A plot of 400 by 750 feet, bounded by the Bowery, Canal, Fort Site, and Bayard Streets, was cleared for the Arch and Coloniade's construction. The Arch and Coloniade were completed in 1915, and Daniel Chester French designed two 12-foot-high pylons named Brooklyn and Manhattan on the Brooklyn side of the Manhattan Bridge, which were installed in November of 1916. An upper deck roadway on the bridge was installed in 1922. Floodlights and barbed wire fences were installed at the bases of the bridge's anchorages in 1951 during the Cold War. 
and the installations were fortified to protect against possible sabotage attempts under wartime conditions. The anchorages themselves were sealed. The pylons of the Brooklyn side were removed in 1963 to accommodate a widened roadway and moved to the Brooklyn Museum. Now, the subway trains crossing the Manhattan Bridge had a major impact on its condition, and the bridge started to tilt to one side based on how many trains used that side. This had supposedly been a problem since the tracks opened in 1917, and in 1956 the bridge was renovated in order to rectify this tilt. However, by 1978 the Manhattan Bridge had deteriorated to such a point that the United States Congress voted to allocate money to repair the bridge, as well as several other in New York City. Minor repair work started in 1982. A discretionary grant of $50 million was allocated to these bridges and repairs started in 1985. Now, the first phase of repairs started that year and the bridge's condition was blamed on the imbalance in the number of trains crossing the bridge as well as deferred maintenance during the New York City fiscal crisis of the 1970s. In April of 19. 86. Workers temporarily closed the Manhattan-bound roadway on the upper level in order to repair the deck there. The north side subway tracks underneath the Manhattan-bound roadway were also closed during this time. And in December of 1987, inspectors also shut one lane of the lower level due to a crack in the deck. The New York City Department of Transportation published a list of 17 structurally deficient bridges in the city. Among them was the Manhattan Bridge, which needed $166 million in repairs to fix cable anchors and torsion of steel members as subways cross. And the repairs on the northern side of the Manhattan Bridge were completed by the end of 1988. And the subway tracks on the north side were reopened. Now, simultaneously with the reopening of the north side, the south side tracks were closed. In 1991, trucks were banned from the lower level because they were too heavy for the decaying bridge. Major repair work on the southern side began in 1992, and the Yonkers Construction Company was awarded a $97.8 million contract for the repair project in August of 1992. City Comptroller Elizabeth Holtzman originally denied the contract to the company because of concerns about corruption. But she was overridden by Mayor David Dinkins, who wanted to complete repairs quickly. At the same time, the NYCDOT increased the frequency of maintenance inspections for the bridge after inspectors found holes and beams that had been deemed structurally sound during previous inspections. The Brooklyn Brown Roadway on the upper level was closed from 93 to 96 so that side of the bridge could be repaired and the bridge repairs were repeatedly delayed as the renovation process uncovered more serious structural problems underlying the bridge. The original plans had been to complete the renovations by 1995 for $150 million. but by 96, the renovation was slated to be complete in 2003 at a cost of $452 million. By 2001, it was estimated that the cost of the renovations had reached half a billion dollars, including $260 million for the south side and another $175 million for the north side. And at the time, the NYC DOT had set a January 2004 deadline for the renovation. The arch and colonnade had also become deteriorated, having been covered with graffiti and dirt. The enclosed plaza with the, within the colonnade 
had been used as a parking lot by the New York City Police Department, while the only remaining portion of the large park surrounding the Arch and Colonnade at Canal and Fortside Streets had accumulated trees. The Arch and Colonnade themselves had open joints in the stonework, as well as weeds, bushes, and small trees growing at their top. The Arch and Colonnade were restored starting in the late 1990s, with the restoration being completed in April of 2001 for $11 million. The project entailed cleaning the structures and installing 258 floodlights. Now, the original pedestrian walkway on the south side of the bridge was reopened after 40 years in June of 2001. It was shared with bicycles until late summer 2004 when a dedicated bicycle path was opened on the north side of the bridge. The northern bridge bike path is notable for poor signage that leads to cyclist and pedestrian conflicts. By the time work on the bridge was completed in 2004, the final cost of the renovation totaled $800 million. And to celebrate the bridge's centennial anniversary, a series of events and exhibits were organized by the New York City Bridge Centennial Commission in October of 2009. These included a ceremonial parade across the Manhattan Bridge on the morning of October 4th and a fireworks display in the evening. In 2009, the bridge was designated as a National Historic Civil Engineering Landmark by the American Society of Civil Engineers. And there you have it, folks. The history of the third bridge in the series of the three bridges, the Manhattan Bridge. Give it up for the Manhattan Bridge. All right. So when we come back on Thursday's edition, we will look at the bridge that was built second after the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, it kind of goes in that. I don't know why it went in that order, but we'll look at the Williamsburg Bridge. and be episode number 130. So this should be fun. We should have a good time. And I know you will join us for that part one of the Williamsburg Bridge. That's going to do it for us today on uh, the Queens New Yorker. I am Jason DeCanio. Hope you have a good rest of the day. We have 1,082 subs and over 13,526 views. And if you have not yet subscribed to our great channel, please do hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Get all the notifications. Do check us out. Do check us out on Anchor because that's where all the back episodes are going. And you can, of course, catch up with us over the last five seasons of The Queen's New Yorker. I'm hoping to see you on Thursday and you can come back and finish up a great series with us here on the Williamsburg Bridge. I'm Jason DeCanio once again saying be honest, be real, keep it simple, stupid. Yes. And remember, fakeness does not make greatness. We'll see you Thursday on the Queens, New Yorker. Bye for now.
You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio internet presentation. Thank you for your support.